Well, good morning, Third Street. Good morning. We've been, we've been in this series. This week we get to week four. Church, are you with me this morning? Say four. four. Say week four. week four. Good, 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 good. I'm feeling good today. We're in week four of this series that's called How It's Going. You've seen the memes, right? They're all over. They're all over whatever social media platform you got. I know everybody in here's got it. Some of y'all pretend to be fasting, but I know what you do at about 11, 15 at night. Don't, don't, don't try and trip on me, but me and God see you. Listen, but the memes that say how it's going, right? We, we, we get a little picture on the left of how it started, innocent enough, and then we get a picture on the right that explicitly describes something unexpected that happened as a result of how it started, right? In this series... We're talking about how it's going, the life's, the, excuse me, the stories we never expected to be living. Is anybody else with me in here that is currently living a life, living a story you never expected to be living? Just a few of us this morning, okay. We started this series talking about how it's going, not the life I expected to be living. Week two, we talked about how it's going, not the glory I expected. Week three, last week, we talked about how it's going, not the answer I expected. If you haven't been with us, I encourage you to go to our website, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to Google Podcasts, go to YouTube and catch up because this week is week four and we're going to talk about how it's going not the role I expected. Church, say how it's going. going. Look at your neighbor and say how it's going. going. Neighbor, I need you to respond and say, not the role I expected. expected. That's perfect. That's perfect. Our text this morning, you can meet me in 1 Samuel, sticking with the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 16. This is a story that If you've been around church for a while, it's probably familiar to you. And so you'll be ready to dive right in. For the rest of us that maybe haven't been, we're still looking for 1 Samuel. And we're looking for chapter 16. It's indicated by the big number 16 in your Bible. We're starting at the the beginning. That's what I was trying to say. We're starting at the beginning. And for the rest of us that maybe don't have a physical Bible with us. It's up here on the screen. This is 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to start reading in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? He said, Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what you should do. You should anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably. 
I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6, when they came, he looked on Iliad and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all of your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him. For we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. And now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. For seven years prior to this formal Sunday morning gathering being launched, for seven years I was a youth pastor in this city. My focus of, uh, of the ministry that God had me doing was specifically the students, students that are now in their 20s and making me feel old as heck. But there are a lot of things, there are a lot of things that I walked through with these students, and I'll speak to my guys specifically, the young men. I mean, look, we know how it is. We're told not to play favorites, but come on, y'all that are in education, you already know. Stop playing. Stop lying to people's moms at parent-teacher conference. You know you play favorites. I certainly did. I had guys that I was closer to than the rest of them, right? And I remember the things that I would walk through with these, with these young guys, Family dynamics, relationship, awkward transitions through particular years, grow-ups and glow-ups. There's lots of memories and lots of conversations that are burned into my mind, but I think one of the most impactful that comes to my mind was in 2015. They had just announced that they would be closing Timken High School. They called it a merger, but stop with that mess. They would be closing Timken High School, and the basketball team, many of which I had relationships with, were really, really good. They were expected to make a really deep run to Columbus, and even more pressure was put on top of that when they knew that this would be the last season they would ever play as Timken High School. And I remember in the second round, they played a team that they absolutely should have beat, but it was evident from about, I would say, the second quarter on, they weren't going to do it. They were going to get upset. 
and they did. And I remember staying after the game, something I did after every game, waiting for the players to come out of locker room. And after that season, a lot of times it was, it was, it was joy, right? It was hugs. Y'all really broke 100 on them. Dang. Not this time. This would be the last game that Timken High School would ever play. And I remember my boys coming out of the locker room, one boy in particular who shall remain nameless because he would kill me. <laughs> one boy in particular comes out, and I could just see it on his face. The weight of the moment hit him. So I just put my arms out, and he fell into my arms and just started sobbing. I remember the weight of that moment because it was a moment that many students in our community face. My guy, Nate, my brother, Nate, describes it as the moment they realize the ball goes flat. The moment they realize that this is likely the last competitive basketball game that they'll ever play. That not only is your high school closing, but in all likelihood, your hoop dream is over. And that moment is so deep for so many reasons, but not to be looked over is the moment of realization that this is what I thought I'd do for the rest of my life. And now I'll probably never do it again. A similar moment I see even to this day, my other job, do a lot of uh, coaching and consulting, and I see a lot of people pretty much every, every day, a lot of people tell me about how unhappy they are at their job. Okay. A lot of people who tell me how bright-eyed they were about getting into this job or getting into this career. And then a moment comes that some undetermined amount of years later, and they realize, oh, this sucks. Like, I hate this. But what do I do? This is what I set to do for the rest of my life. What am I going to just stop now? What else could I possibly do? I thought this is where I would be, and now I'm not so sure. I've been listening to this podcast that is detailing the stories of people coming out of, we'll call it coming out of the rubble of a pretty famous church collapse. And as I listen to the stories of these people who, who, who are coming out of a pretty famous church collapse, the thing that keeps standing out to me week after week as this podcast is released that continuously breaks my heart is the question that people ask. I felt so led there. I felt so called to that ministry. I felt, so, I felt God's presence so tangibly as I went there, as I attended there, as I was called there. But now after seeing how it all comes down, I have to ask, is God, was God really in that at all? And you start to doubt yourself. Samuel, in this text, finds himself in a similar situation to all three of those instances where he was there for the anointing of King Saul. That's a whole nother long story about how we even got there, and I love to tell it to you sometime, but he was there for the anointing of King Saul. He saw that, that this was God's chosen king to lead the nation of Israel forth. But then he also saw day by day the ways that Saul 
turned his back on his own anointing. Things that he knew he was called to do, he blatantly ignored. Guidelines he knew he was called to enforce, he went around. Methods that he was called to employ in his ministry, he ignored completely. And so the Lord had to reject Saul. Not because of anything the Lord did, but because of what Saul did. The Lord had to reject Saul. And now Samuel's in mourning. Because, man, that's my guy. I was here for it. I've been a part of the journey. In a lot of ways, Saul's story is my story. And now this is how we're going to go out. This is the way we're going to be remembered. This isn't where I thought this was going to go. But in the beginning of this text, God comes to Samuel as he often does in the Old Testament. He's like, yo, how long are you going to mourn this? How long are you going to be sad about this? And it doesn't say that Samuel answered. And so the Lord kept going and he said, man, get up. Fill your horn with oil and keep on going. Sometimes I think we're so caught up in mourning what we thought would happen. Sometimes I think we're so caught up. What's up, everybody? Sometimes I think we're so caught up in mourning where I thought we'd be at this point in life. Sometimes I think we're so caught up in mourning what we knew God was once upon a time calling us towards and we had convinced ourselves so firmly of a direction that when it doesn't pan out that way, we just sit on our hands and cry. Sometimes I think we're so caught up mourning that we don't realize God is about to drop an anointing in our lives. Sometimes we're so caught up on what once was that we don't think about the fact that God's anointing hasn't stopped and he's going to keep on going. The question is not, will God keep on going? The question is, will you keep on going? And so Samuel gets up and he tells Jesse, get your boys. Literally, line up your sons. He didn't give any more specific instructions than that. He said, line up your sons. As a father, what would you expect to do? Get all your kids, all the boys at least, and line them up. And Jesse did that. Kinda, right? He kinda did that. Samuel comes to the first son. Let me, let me do that another way. Samuel comes to the first son. Yeah. Hey, look at this one. Dang. Am I right? I mean, woo. Hey, bro. Woo. G- eh. I, man. You know it's got to be this one. Look at him, bro. Look at him. Man, from a young age, you could just tell this boy. Just, uh, like, look at him. God's like, nah, it ain't him. Oh, all right, all right, cool, 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 cool. This guy. Man, just look, you can tell, just look at him. You know his IQ is really high just by looking at him. Just look at him. The, the mathematician of all mathematicians, big, bold, and real smart. This guy, dang. Guy's like, uh-uh. 
He says, Samuel, you, 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 you messing this up, my guy. You're looking at what everyone else looks at. When in the history of our relationship have I ever looked at people the same way as you? Have I ever looked at people the same way as other people? Unless, of course, those people are operating in my anointing, then they can see it. But outside of that, in the natural, people in the world aren't seeing people the way that I'm seeing. So can you do me a favor, please, Sammy boy? And can you please stop looking at people the way that that your neighbor is looking at people and look at people the way that I look at people because the way that I look at people is not by their height. It's not by their weight. It's not by any of that stuff. It's by their what? Now, this ain't rhetorical. It's by their what? Yeah, you're going to say that about 15 more times, so you might as well say it with your chest like God put breath in your lungs. It's by their what? That's what I'm talking about. It says God looks at the heart seven times. Seven sons are lined up. Seven sons are knocked down by the Lord. This one, uh-uh. 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 Ain't nobody else here. What are we going to do? Jesse, are these all your sons? Jesse, man, oh. Hey, honestly, as a dad, I feel for Jesse. Because I see what he was doing. But he had, he had got caught up a little bit. I mean, there is one more. But man, he's the one we put with the sheep. He's the one out in the pasture. He's the one in the tall grass. He's the one stepping in sheep doo-doo. I mean, I can go get him if you want, but I'm telling you right now, I mean, that's his dad. I love the kid, but... If we was lining the boys up, he getting cut. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not him. Samuel's like, man, just, I, I, at this point, if it ain't him, bro, I mean, you know, just go get him. See what happens. And the Lord say, yep, this is the one. The small one. The pretty one. The ruddy one. The one that got passed over. The one that nobody expected. The one that everybody assumed was getting cut. The one that didn't even get invited. He's the one. The good news for somebody in here today is that God doesn't see in you what the world sees. God doesn't see in you your struggle. God doesn't see in you your mistakes. God doesn't even see in you your achievements. That hurt a prideful person. God doesn't see those things in you. God sees your God sees your heart. God knows your heart. The rest of the world is so worried about what gives you credibility and how many followers you have. But God is much more concerned with your That's good news, isn't it? But let me ask you this. Because this is Third Street, and I know we smart. I know we understand what God is capable of. And so let me ask you, if, if we know that God looks at the heart, why are we so busy working on everything else first? If we know that what God is most concerned with, primarily concerned with, the first question he will ask us when we meet him on judgment day, if we know that, why are we so worried about building everything else first? I hear you. I hear you about your career slash finances. 
Pastor, you don't understand if I can get this in order, if I can just get to this rung. Pastor, if I could just, do you know how much money I could put in the church's pocket? If I could just, listen, I'm here to tell you, while I would appreciate that in Jesus' name, the Lord ain't concerned with that. The Lord is concerned with the condition of your heart. Somebody in here is desperately, desperately trying to figure out their relationships. They're losing sleep at night. Because if I can just get some of these relationships in order, if I can just figure out what's happening in my marriage, if I can just figure out what's happening with my best friend, if I can just take care of my family, if I can just get these things in order, then I'm gonna be, and God's like, I'm not asking you to be concerned with that right now. I'm asking for your heart. Hallelujah. It couldn't be me, but I know some of you in here are much more concerned with the way that your body looks. I see the gym memberships in here. I see it. Put your hand down. I see, I see the amount of time. I see you getting up at 5 a.m. every morning, hitting the gym, first one in, longest workout, go home, shower, just in time to kiss the kids off to school now and go to work but did you get up even earlier so that you could also crack the word i see you rushing out the door of your job to do whatever you got to do for your physical exercise so that you can come home and be a good parent to your kid but how much of that time was spent in prayer Listen, I'm not coming at physical exercise. Yo, we run a gym, okay? I hear it, right? But what I'm saying is that are you pouring more time into those things than you are letting the Lord have your heart? Yes. I see some college students I ain't seen before in the building. What's up, y'all? Y'all specifically. What's good? College about, is about to start, and there's going to reach a point. Right now, you're chilling, but in about five weeks, you're going to be anything but chilling. Are you spending more time worrying about what your professor wants on this paper, or are you focused on the condition of your heart? You got to get the heart right. I think a lot of us think we got to work on these other things so that we can be in the best position to be used. But let me ask you another question. Where was David when he was called upon? David was in the field. David was in the pasture. David had sheep doo-doo on his shoes. Not the nice shoes either. The sandals that seven of his other brothers had passed down. David was the eighth son, the not invited son. Anybody in here ever felt like the eighth son? Anybody in here ever felt like they've been passed over? Anybody in here felt like all their brothers are getting lined up before the prophet who will name the king and I'm out here to sheep, man? I know all his brothers are lining up to potentially be presented as king. But do you see David knocking on the window? You see David knocking on the door like, hey, I, I had heard that, um, you know, you guys were talking about the king and that it was from Jesse's house. And, you know, I think you just forgot about me. It's fine. It happens all the time. But I think, no, where was he at? He's with the sheep. I don't even know if he knew this was going on because he was focused 
on his roll. All his other brothers, they had the right body. They had the right mind. They had the right posture in the world's eyes. But what didn't they have? They didn't have the they didn't have the same. David wasn't even considered. All his other brothers had been lead, had been trained to lead and be impressive. David was trained to feed and care for animals. When God has a purpose for you. And this is what I need you to hear. When God has a purpose for you, none of that other stuff matters. The field you're standing in doesn't matter. The size of the staff in your hand doesn't matter. The amount of sheep you're responsible for doesn't matter. When God has a purpose for your life, None of that other stuff matters. I know somebody in here saying, I don't like my current situation. I don't think I'm in a position to succeed. I need a way to elevate. I got to go back to school. I got to kill it on this project. I got to get in front of my boss more. I got to get my IG game up. I got to get my followers up. I got I to gotta do more so that I can get to the place that I want to be. Listen to me. When God has a purpose for your life, he's not worried about those things. He's worried about your heart. And when your heart is right, he can, he can use you from wherever you're at. He'll pull you from wherever you're standing. When you're focused on the responsibilities that your heart has been set before, he will come get you. He will use you. Now, what's required, what's required of you is not all these worldly accolades or all these worldly credentials. What's required of you is to have the heart of a shepherd. To have the heart of a shepherd in Bethlehem. One that's easy on the eyes named David. So you might be asking, well, how? How do I work on my heart then? You keep saying God looks at the... Yeah, I know. Everybody keeps saying that. But how do I do it? And I don't have time to give you all the answers. But I'm going to give you a few quick ones. First and foremost, as Psalm 23 tells us, David knew the Lord as his shepherd. David knew that he was a shepherd, but David knew that the Lord was his shepherd. And you notice his heart posture when he acknowledges in Psalm 23 that the Lord is his shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. My needs are met. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack 
nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. Where he calls me, I will go. The Lord is my shepherd. The people he put in front of me, I will take care of. The Lord is my shepherd. I will wait on his prompting. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need to go out on my own because the Lord is my shepherd. Provision comes from him. The Lord is my shepherd. He's infinitely more wise than I am. The Lord is my shepherd. That's number one. I'm not like ranking these, but if I was, that's one. And then there's a gap. And then there's number two. But that's one. Another one is that you are called to lead. No, not me. Yes, you. Go back and listen to a sermon from a couple months ago. You too. Lead with a posture of love, not positional authority. Let's be real. The only positional authority that David had was over some animals. Yeah. Zoo and wildlife bio majors can, can tell me all they want about, about how much sheep know or how much sheep don't know, but yo, at the end of the day, they're sheep. Right? At the end of the day, they're sheep. I'm not saying don't care for him, right? He's a shepherd. We got to care for him or whatever, but like, yo, it's sheep. That's the only positional authority he had. God did not call you or ask you to lead with your positional authority. He called you and he asked you to lead with your heart, to lead with love. That means, as the New Testament shows us over and over and over about a good shepherd or how Jesus is the good shepherd, it says care for your people. You got to care for them. You got to care for them more than you criticize them. You got to care for them more than you correct them. I'm not saying you don't correct them because, you know, I mean, hello. But you care for them more than that. You feed them. You feed them. You know what's funny about the pasture is that while the pasture may not have been an ideal location for a king, it was the perfect location for sheep. You might not like where you're standing, but where the Lord has you standing Somebody needs to come with me. Where the Lord has you standing is good for the sheep. It's good for the people he's called you to. And while you may be complaining about the conditions that you're in, the suffering that you feel, and the lack of glory that is in your anointing, oh my goodness, the people that are following you will glean and eat so much from where God is taking and has you. I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to give you one more. I promise. I promise only one more. A good shepherd, yes. like a good one, yes. had to be a good steward. Yes, sir. Oh, no, 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 no. Now hear me out on this one. Sheep, in their culture, yeah. I'm going to say it this way so, so we grab it, right? Stimulated the economy. Yeah. Okay? Sheep were not, only, were not only employing shepherds, right? Sheep were good for wool, yeah. boom, boom, boom. They were good for goods, right? So many things were made from what you could get from sheep. So a shepherd had to not only take care of his sheep and keep them alive, yeah. but he had to be a good steward yeah. 
of the sheep that he was given. He had to know what each sheep could give. He had to know when the time was to sell. He had to know when the time was to move. He had to be wise with the resources that he had been given because the resources he had been given, yeah, they sheep, but they stimulate the economy. He had to be wise with how he was stimulating the economy. Are you wise? with the way that you're stimulating the economy. Let me say it another way. Where's your money going? The resources that you have uniquely been given, how have you leveraged that for your neighbor? Are you being wise? I think a lot of times we're scared to talk about money because I, I think the reality is the money tells the truth. Right? I think your bank account probably tells the truth. I could probably tell by your bank account where your priorities is at. Dang, fast food again? I'm just talking about me. It's fine. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that you can tell when somebody stewards well, right? You can tell when somebody is trying to build the kingdom purpose they've been called to and when somebody's trying to build themselves, right? those subscriptions that we got. I'm genuinely asking, is that being used to build God's kingdom or is that being used to build you and your free time? Those gym memberships about 10 minutes ago, I reminded you that you had. Cancel that, babe. Are you, are you building yourself? Or are you building the kingdom? Don't worry, I'll pay for it later. It's all coming back. Don't worry. Do you have the heart of a shepherd? Do you know God? Do you know God? Is God truly the shepherd and the leader of your life? Do you know him like that? Do you know the sound of his voice to be able to follow him? Do you know him like that? Do you care about people more than you correct people? I see a lot of people building their knowledge of politics and vaccines. Not a lot of people building other people up. I'm sorry that that made you uncomfortable. You can delete it after this. I don't see a lot of people caring for other people. I see a lot of people learning scripture to be able to correct other people. I'm coming for you in the comments section. I see a lot of you learning scripture to be able to correct other people. I don't see a lot of people learning scripture to learn how to appropriately care for people. I see a lot of people learning scripture to be able to tell people who are hurting why they ought not be hurting. But I don't see a lot of people learning scripture to help my calculated bias understand how to help those are hurting. I see a lot of it. Do you care for people more than you correct people? And do you show God that you can be trusted with more? I'm talking about your finances. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your relationships. A surefire way to have more is to have the right heart posture. You have the right heart posture when you show God you can be trusted with what you've already been given. 
There's a parable that speaks to that, but I don't have time. Listen, let me put it to you like this, and then I'm out your way, I promise. That's the church. That's, that's the heart that I want this church to have. The heart of a shepherd. Listen, people are going to talk about where we're located all day. People are going to talk from the outside, some of y'all from the inside, about where we all come from all day. Everybody's going to talk about the makeup of this church all day. They're going to talk about the backgrounds that are here all day. People are going to have their opinions of what we ought to and ought not to do all day. I ain't concerned with none of that. You shouldn't be either. What I'm concerned with is the heart that this church shows. Yeah, I don't really like where they located. Yeah, a lot of them from that neighborhood. That goes both ways. Yeah, a lot of them drive in from that neighborhood, right? But let me tell you about how they care for the community, man. That's the heart I want this church to have. People can say what they want all day. We should be known for the way that we know the heart of God. Man, they seem to be right on time. Every time. They must be in step with what the Lord is doing. I want this community to be known by the way that we care for people, not the way we correct people. And I want this church to be known for the way that we steward our resources. I'm looking out into, into a group of people that got a lot of resources, right? I'm not just talking about money anymore. You got a lot of resources. You got a lot of stuff going for you. I want to be a church that's known for how we leverage that well for kingdom purposes, not for empire purposes. See what I'm saying? That's the heart that I want us to have. All the other stuff, I hear how you're unsettled. So does God, right? I hear how situations aren't perfect right now. And many of us are asking ourselves, what the heck do we do? I'm here to tell you this morning, have the heart of a shepherd. Because God is not as concerned with your physical appearance as you are. God is not as concerned with your job situation as you are. God is not as concerned with the position of your life as you are. God is concerned with the posture of your heart. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are all-seeing, that you are all-knowing, and you are all powerful. And Lord, there is not a situation too steep for you to pull your people out of. There is not a barrier too high that you can't work around or knock down. Lord, we know that nothing is impossible for you. And so God, we ask for forgiveness of the ways that we have not trusted that lately. Lord, we ask for forgiveness of the ways that we've held tightly to our situations. God, we ask for forgiveness for the ways that we have complained instead of listened. Lord, we ask that, that your Holy Spirit would give us the faith to let you take it. That your Holy Spirit would give us the heart of a shepherd 
that would provide primarily for the people that you have put in front of us. That would care carefully for the things that you have blessed us with. And that above all things would be drawn to be closer in relationship with you. We pray that over our lives, over our families, over our community. Pray these things in Jesus' name. All who believe say, bless up.